Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. What does it mean to be a woman of God in a world that seeks to redefine womanhood? That's what I discussed with my guest, Kristen Clark. It's an important topic for us to consider as homeschooling mothers and also as parents of daughters. Kristen Clark is married to her best friend, Zach, and is a newly adoptive mom to two precious boys from Ukraine. She is co-founder of Girl Defined Ministries and is passionate about promoting the message of God-defined womanhood through blogging, speaking, mentoring young women, and hosting Bible studies in her living room. In the end, she's just a fun-loving Texas girl who adores all things outdoors and is an unashamed dog lover who snuggles with her little Maltipoo whenever she can. I know you'll enjoy hearing from Kristen as I did. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I am excited to talk with you about biblical womanhood. And before we get into that juicy topic, um, I would love to have you introduce yourself and your family to us. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this juicy topic as well. <laughs> um, I am a Texas girl born and raised in the great state of Texas, city of San Antonio, and grew up as a homeschooler. So back in the dark ages when my mom started, because I'm, I'm mid-30s, so that was back when people thought it was illegal and you know our neighbors <laughs> would call the police on us and all that good stuff. Oh, um, but I was homeschooled all the way through and I loved it. I loved being a homeschool student and um, then grew up and my sister and I actually founded a ministry called Girl Defined, which is all about biblical womanhood and just helping modern women understand God's timeless design and how it's still so relevant for us and so beautiful. And especially these days where there's so much confusion in culture, just navigating that biblically. And I'm also recently um, a mom through adoption. So my husband and I, it's a whole nother story, but 10 years of infertility and recurrent miscarriage. And then just the, just six months ago, we adopted two boys, brothers, uh, from the country of Ukraine. So they speak Russian, we speak English, but we're learning. And I also started homeschooling them. So it's wow. been, this year has been a wild, exciting ride and just filled with so many joys and so many blessings. Oh my goodness. Now, how old are your boys? They are, um, so the older one, Caleb, is his new name. So they actually really wanted American names. So Caleb is 11 and then his younger brother, Christian, is seven. Oh, fantastic. Well, my oldest is Caleb too. So Oh, I it's a good name. Love the I name. Love it. Oh, fantastic. Well, that that is wonderful. And I'm thrilled that you're taking time out of your busy schedule to share with us. I understand that you and your co-author of the book that you've written, what's her name? Your co-author? So yeah, she's actually my sister. So okay. on Girl Define, her name is Bethany Baird, but she's since gotten married. So now she's Bethany Beale, but okay. we are sisters. Okay, fantastic. So both of you have experience in the modeling world, which I find quite fascinating. Can you tell us more about that? And also what your experience in that world opened your eyes to? 
Mm. Yeah. So growing up, it's interesting. I don't know if it's because I'm really tall. Everyone in my family is really <laughs> tall. So we're not, we're not only large in size, eight kids in my family. We're all, almost all of us are over six feet tall. And like some brothers are like six, eight. I'm oh. six, one. And so is my sister, Bethany. So we are, we kind of joke, like everything really is bigger in Texas, even the people. <laughs> But growing up, I don't know what it was, if it was just the combination of being tall. And um, I, I just would randomly have people come up to me and offer me modeling jobs and like give me their cards, like as young as like eight, nine, 10. And I remember one time I was out shopping with my mom at this big shopping mall. And this lady came running over to us. And I was, I was probably around 10 years old at this time. And she just said, Oh, excuse me, excuse me. And I shared this story in our book, Girl Defined, but she said, you know, to my mom, I noticed your daughter and I just think she would be perfect for modeling. Um, my husband and I, you know, we, we actually run this huge agency and we train young girls to become top models and they actually live with us. And it's this whole process. And my mom was kind of like, Oh, you know, like what? And so she just, she wasn't interested. She's like, I don't want my daughter to go live with some random lady. And (laughs) I'm not interested in that for her. And so, you know, my mom kindly declined, but took the card and said, you know, we'll think about it. Thanks so much. And the lady was very persistent. And so she left. And I remember at that point in my life, thinking for the first time, wondering, um, wow, like me, a model, uh, what would it, what would it look like for me to be a model? Like what, you know, and, and actually for the first time wondering what it meant to be beautiful. Cause this lady was saying you're pretty. And I thought, wow, if she thinks I'm pretty, what do other people think? And so I started kind of started comparing, you know, around age 10, comparing myself to other girls that hung with me throughout high school. My parents were definitely not encouraging me or my sister to pursue modeling just because they saw the pitfalls. They knew there were a lot of um, just, you know, it, it can be a pretty dark world behind the scenes of the industry. So they were not encouraging us in that direction. But as I hit my later teens, I remember thinking, you know, what would happen if I actually pursued this? Like, and is there a way to pursue this while also holding on to my morals and my values? Because I was a Christian and I wasn't just gonna take off my clothes for the camera, like a lot of agencies <laughs> require. And I thought, truly, I was like, I wonder if there's a family-friendly agency out there. So my parents were like, oh, they weren't sure, but they said, okay, see what you can find. And so one agency had given me their card. They claimed to be really family-friendly. So I pursued that and they signed a one-year contract with me. And I just remember that whole year, um, here here I am. I have the title of a model. I was wrestling with a lot of my own insecurities because I was trying to find my worth and value in my outward appearance, in people's approval of me, in their acceptance of me. And I thought, wow, now that I'm a model and I have this title... Um, all my insecurities are going to go away. I'm going to be the most confident <laughs> woman out there, right? Like I'm not going to criticize anything about my outward appearance anymore. And the crazy thing is that the opposite happened. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the hugest lessons that I learned through this experience was that culture shows us these airbrushed models, these perfect images on magazines, and the carrot is always dangling. And it's this message that if only you looked a little bit more like her, if only you were a little taller, a little shorter, had brown hair, had blonde hair, your nose was whatever. Like there's this carrot and we we as women believe the lie that if we could only achieve a certain look, a certain standard, lose weight, whatever, then we would be really satisfied. Then we would be happy. And here I was, you know, having achieved the title of a model, I'm getting all these jobs and I was more insecure and more self-conscious and more critical of my body than I'd ever been before. And so what was happening is in the industry... Um, you create this portfolio and then different companies approach the agency and say, Hey, we need a model for this. And then the agency says, okay, here's the ones we think would be good. They show, they present the portfolios to um, the, the companies and then the companies pick a model. And so what would happen is my agency would say, okay, Kristen, you're in the running for this job. 
And then when I wouldn't hear back from them, I knew that they picked a different model. Mm. And so here I am like, okay, well, why didn't they choose me? Okay. Maybe I'm too tall. Maybe I should have brown hair, not blonde hair. Maybe, you know, what is it about me that wasn't good enough? And so I became hypercritical. Things that I struggled with before were like shot through the roof and it was just terrible. And I was really spiraling down. I was looking for my identity in all of the wrong places. Um, and it, after that one year ended, when that contract ended, I just told the agency, I, I just couldn't do it. Like I wasn't interested. I didn't want to keep mm-hmm. moving forward down this path. And there was a lot of pressure to, to drop my morals, to drop my standards. They kept telling me like, if you want to climb the ladder, if you want to make it to the top, you can't be picky. You have to do everything they want, take every job that's offered. And I was just like, I can't do that. So that's in a nutshell, kind of what happened. I know my sister has her own story, sure. but for me, that's what it looked like. And I just... After that, I really went on a search of like, okay, God, what is your design for beauty? Like, how do I overcome being so obsessed with my outward appearance and truly find peace, truly rest in you, um, and and really cultivate a heart of gratitude in you know toward you in this? And God took my heart and took me on a journey, and that is part of the story of how my sister and I ended up founding the ministry, Girl Defined. Mm. So, did you and your sister then really? Um, have discussions about what you were experiencing, how you were thinking about yourself and what it meant to be a beautiful woman. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be a beautiful woman because I think we were designed to be Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful by God. But the definition of that, of course, is going to vary from our culture to what God intended. But then did you start having discussions with your sister Mm -hmm. that came out of that? Yeah, we really did. We had a lot of discussions as we compared our experiences and talked about a lot of the lies that we had been believing and then the truths that were really liberating us. You know, the world is so alluring and you think, ah, just get to that next place. Like I was saying before, you're going to be there. You're going to be happy. And it was all just such a facade. Mm -hmm. And so for the two of us, as we talked about our experiences, talked about the lies we've been believing, and then really the truths that were bringing freedom into our hearts, um, our entire perspective on beauty changed. And Um, As we looked and as we started researching, you know, just this topic in general, we weren't even writing a book yet. We were just like doing research and becoming more and more interested in this idea of a ministry for young women as we saw other girls around us buying into the same lies and going down the same paths, not necessarily modeling. We were like, oh, we want to be a voice to say, hey, like, yes, this is hard. This is confusing, but God has a good plan. Like, here's what he's teaching us. Let's link arms and move forward together. And one of the things that we that we that really stood out to us was this idea of beauty. Like you're saying, like beauty is a good thing. God designed beauty. It's not a bad thing in and of itself, but beauty becomes a bad thing when it becomes the main thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like in our book, Girl Define, we talk about this idea of beauty becoming a beast. And beauty becomes a beast when it is the thing that we're chasing after. It's put mm-hmm. up on a pedestal. It becomes an idol, truly, that we end up worshiping. Mm-hmm. And we just can't, you know, we think, oh, I cannot be happy unless this, you know, fill in the blank for whatever it is, whatever insecurity you're wrestling with. And for us, we realize, like, wow, beauty, the enemy wants to take what God meant to be so good and so beautiful and twist it and distort it and make it an idol in our lives so that it becomes something we're chasing after and worshiping to the point that it kind of destroys us mm-hmm. from the inside out. And as we looked at history, we saw this trend of, you know, pretty much like every 10 years, what culture society says a beautiful woman is, what's upheld is like the perfect body, the perfect look. About every 10 years, that changes. And so if you just look through history, you think of the Marilyn Monroe era, and it's like curvy hourglass women. Then you fast forward a little more, and it's like, ooh, the body 
like the, the strong body muscles type of woman, fast forward a little more, the slender woman, a little more. And it, you know, now it's like the really, again, kind of curvy Kardashian, like what, you know, and as women, we chase after the current trend, but it's always changing. And so we just discovered like, we need something that is unchanging truths that we can stand on and, um, that aren't going to shift and change beneath our feet. Hmm. Well, you, you mentioned in that very interesting, um, explanation for what you were thinking about and processing with your sister, that you were doing some research for your book. Mm -hmm. What specifically were you studying and what did you end up discovering? Yeah. So we did a lot of research to try to understand what God's design was. And I would say one of the biggest things that we did was we each went and just researched and found a bunch of books that Christian women had written on the topic of beauty, identity, um, women in work, femininity, just anything that we could find that we felt like would be a good resource to guide us to the word. Like, what does God's word say about this? Um, and then we made these lists and we just started reading. And then as we were reading that, you know, one author would mention some articles, so we'd go look that up or some video and we'd go watch that. And it just kind of, just like this domino effect just led us into all sorts of interesting places. And, and through all of that, it's like our eyes kept getting open more and more and more. And we were like, this is, this is so much bigger and so much more beautiful than we even realized before. And I'm talking about not just beauty, but like God's whole design for us as women and how it's unique from men in certain aspects and just seeing the beauty in that and realizing that although we had grown up in a wonderful Christian family with a mom who really exemplified so much of what we were learning, we didn't understand it, you know, that well. And we realized this is something we really want to grow in. And as we talked to our friends, we realized like, wow, most of our peers don't understand a lot of this either. And so that's what got us, I think, even more fired up and just more passionate about understanding it for ourselves and then wanting our peers and younger women to understand biblical womanhood as well. Hmm. Well, I'm going to ask you a challenging question based on that answer. And I'm going to allow you to use lots of words and phrases <laughs> to answer it and not, not, you don't have to give me a single sentence. Okay. But how do you believe that the Bible defines womanhood? Mm-hmm. What, oh man. <laughs> what does God say it means to be a woman? Yeah. I would say in a nutshell that biblical femininity is defining everything about our womanhood according to God's truth. I know that's really vague and that's <laughs> that's obviously what we unpack in all of Girl Defined, but the name Girl Defined is is really it's it's this idea that as Christian women specifically, Christian women who are saying we believe in the Bible, we follow God, we're saying everything about me as a woman has to be defined by God. And so if I'm if I have questions about work, about beauty, about success, about femininity, about identity, about relationships, rather than looking to culture, rather than looking to my own heart, rather than just looking to my friends or peers or maybe even experts, everything about every category of my life needs to first and foremost be defined by God. And as it's defined by God, I take my terms from his word, I take my definitions from his word, I submit to his word, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it rubs me the wrong way, I say, God, you are God. I am not. You are my designer. Therefore, you are my definer. And it's not, it's not easy because it, the Bible is huge, right? So mm-hmm. it takes time to learn and discover. And for us, it wasn't a one and done moment. It was years of studying and growing. We're still on this journey, but that's 
what our book Girl Defined is, what we hope it can be is a resource that takes a lot of what God's word is teaching us and breaks it down into really practical, applicable, um, yeah, just scriptures and illustrations that help the modern woman embrace it to go, okay, yeah, I see how this is still relevant for my life. But in a nutshell, I would say it's defining every part of our womanhood according to God's word. Hmm. Well, that's an excellent response. But as I think about that, that definition, if you will, it seems to me that we have gone so far from that as a society in how our culture defines womanhood. And I'm sure you Mm -hmm. would agree with that. And why do you think that is? Why have we just strayed so far away from how God's word defines who we are? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that at the core, us as women, we all share the same thing in common. And I, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, I think we're all wanting to know answers to the same basic questions. Like, where does my identity come from? Who am I? What makes me valuable? What gives me purpose? And as we're all wrestling with those same questions, if you don't have God's word as your foundation, as your guide, then you're going to chase after whatever seems to be the best fit to answer those questions for you. So if we don't use the Bible to de- to define ourselves and define meaning, then we're going to just grasp at whatever is available to us that seems to make mm-hmm. the most sense and helps us to get by the most. And it's no wonder then that the definitions in our culture keep changing. I mean, even yeah. just in my own lifetime, it's been shocking the, the changes, yes. you know, yes. I, oh, yes. I was in high school when a teacher tried to, hmm, I'll, I'll put it nicely, tried to introduce me to feminism. Mm-hmm. And that was, that mm-hmm. was, um, you know, it was a little weird, but <laughs> I, I went with it and, mm-hmm. When I was in college, I was shocked that a young woman in one of my classes said, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. That's what I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, mm-hmm. are you are you crazy? What, what are yes. you even talking about here? You're in college. <laughs> You're not going to be a stay-at-home mom. That's nutty. <laughs> yes. and, and then, of course, I thought that homeschooling was crazy and my husband when we were dating, he said, you know, I make enough money for my wife to stay home. And I just thought that's, that's offensive. (laughs) Why why are you saying this to me? And, you know, now here I am a homeschooling mom whose husband supports our family, enabling me to have the freedom to do that. And man, I mean, what, what a tour my views have taken. And, you know, I'm not saying of course, that you can't be a working mom. I mean, even mm-hmm, what I'm mm-hmm. even what I'm doing right now is work, right? Right. Um, but it's it's just so interesting how when you do let go of God's definitions in any area of our lives, you you're gonna be going on a whirlwind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because because the culture is just not content to stick with anything for long. Right, right. Well, it's interesting that you bring up feminism because in our in our book, one of the studies that we came across was some research that had stated 
that despite 40 years of feminism, women were saying through this study that they were less happy and less fulfilled now on the other side of so much of the women's movement. And when we came across that study, we were like, what in the world? That's, I mean, biblically, it's like you can kind of, you understand, yes, because it it's chasing after the wrong thing. It's chasing after the wrong end goal for true happiness and satisfaction. So even in, in the secular world, you see these statistics, you see women nowadays are suffering from so many things like depression and anxiety and just striving and striving. And, you know, and so you see our culture searching, broadening the search, like, okay, well, you know, it used to just be women's rights. And now like, what does it even mean to be a woman? Like Mm -hmm. defining womanhood because it's changing. The culture has shifted so much, even in the past five years that now it's like, okay, well, maybe your problem is that you should be a man, you know, like let's change your gender. Well, maybe it's something, maybe you actually are attracted to women. Okay. Maybe that's the answer to happiness. And you just Mm -hmm. see this striving, this broadening of the search of the scope. But Mm. um, when you look around, you don't really see that women are finding that answer they're searching for that true happiness, that true fulfillment. In fact, you really see the opposite. Mm, Absolutely. That, that is so so true. Um, in your book, you write about a woman who um, probably I could see feminists describing them this way. You write that they are a wimpy woman. Mm. <laughs> That's probably uh-huh. what they would describe me as. Wimpy woman yes. who just is staying home with her kids. Well, what defines this title and how can it be avoided? Yes. Um, a wimpy woman is nobody wants to be called a wimpy woman. Right. And in our day and age, especially as women were told, like, be strong, be independent, you do, you do what makes you happy. And it's all about us taking control, us being powerful, us dominating others, um, really putting men down in so many ways. Um, and so it's, there's this push against like anything that even hints at wimpiness, you know, I want to avoid. And so much of what God values and what God's word says is important. Our culture looks at and says, are you kidding me? Like, that's so wimpy. Don't you have a brain? Don't you have, you know, a mind of your own? And for example, even just these days, and I feel this as a young mom, valuing motherhood, valuing um, wanting to spend more time with my kids than less, valuing discipleship, even making the decision to homeschool. Um, there's a lot of women that look on at that and say, like, what are you crazy? Like you're just leaving your brain at the leaving your brain, you know, at the door. What are you doing? Why are you making these choices? And it's viewed by culture as wimpy. Um, even things like our sexuality, you know, a Christian woman who's saying, I want to honor God in my sexuality, I'm gonna define my femininity according to his word. Um, you know, I'm going to wait and not have sex until I'm married. I'm going to honor my marriage bed. I'm not going to fool around. Even in an area like that, the culture looks on at that and says, what are you kidding me? Like, you're such a prude. Like, mm-hmm. that's so wimpy. Aren't you stronger than that? And it's so it's, it's this, it's like the enemy is trying to hold up the apple, right? Same as Eve and saying, does God really know? Is God's way, is it really best? Because to me, it's looking pretty wimpy. And so as Christian women, we have to be able to hear that and say, no, that's a lie. That is not true. God's design, it is the most fulfilling design because he's my creator. And so the only one who knows what's best for me, the only one who can truly define me and my true purpose, my true calling is the one who created me. And as I walk faithfully in his ways by his grace and embrace his good plan for my womanhood, yes, that's going to look a little different for every woman. But as I choose to trust him and obey 
his word, that's where I'm going to find actual freedom and fulfillment. And it, and it takes a really strong woman to go against the grain, a really strong woman to say, I'm not going to listen to society and all the pressure around me, but I'm going to follow God. Even if I'm the only one, I'm going to stand alone. And, you know, to me, that's not a wimpy woman. <laughs> that is a strong woman. So what the Bible defines as a strong woman is truly the opposite of what culture would define as a strong woman. So again, we have to make sure we're getting our definitions from God's word. Mm, absolutely. Could not agree more about, it takes a very strong woman to uh, to choose to stay home, even part-time. And... Um, you know, be devoted to her husband, be devoted to her children, to homeschool, which is what this podcast is all about. Mm. Um, and, and to continue to honor God and speak the truth of his word in a culture yeah. that says that's bunk. It's, it's totally, <laughs> uh, it requires a lot of strength. So I love that you um, acknowledge that. Now, I know through your ministry, Girl Defined Ministries, you counsel and mentor women. I would love to hear more about what you do. And I would also love to know who has been a mentor for you mm-hmm. and what it means to be a biblical woman. Yeah. Well, Titus 2 is where we get this idea of mentorship and women discipling women. And so my sister and I have been so profoundly impacted by older godly women pouring into us. And that includes our mom. And that includes women in person through our churches and community, and also women who have ministries and written resources that have greatly impacted our lives. And so we see mentorship from Titus 2 as being something so valuable and so important. And so our passion is we've been mentored. And as we have been encouraged and challenged by older godly women, we really wanted to be that sort of source, I guess, and resource for the next generation, for younger women. And so that was really where our passion for mentorship, discipleship came from. And we were just trying to figure out like, how can we kind of take this a little further? We were very, and still are very involved in our churches. We have younger sisters, so very involved in mentoring them. I'm actually, I mentor one of my sisters and then Bethany, my sister mentors our other two sisters by their request. They said, Hey, can we meet with you? Can you mentor us? And I mean, that's just the greatest honor when your sister who has seen all your sins, when she's like, Hey, can you mentor me? Like what an honor. And then I have a mentor. So I meet with an older godly woman in person and she mentors me. And so, and same with my sister. So Girl Define is really just Mm. a ministry to help younger women, to mentor younger women in the ways of the Lord and specifically God's design for femininity, for our womanhood. And so we do that in ways that are going to reach the next generation. So we have a YouTube channel, Girl Define. We're very active on social media. We have an annual conference that that girls and we encourage moms to come and attend in San Antonio every summer. Um, we have a mentorship course that's much more, it's a bigger commitment, eight weeks. And we actually mentor young women through this course and really dig into stuff on a deeper level with weekly live Zoom calls. And that's a blast. And then of course, through all of our books. So Girl Define is our first book. Our most recent book is called Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. And that book just released actually less than three weeks ago. So that's been really exciting. Um, God has just opened the door for us to have, I think this is our fifth book now published through Baker Books. And so that's been a blessing. And then we have our podcast as well. So really, we're just trying to reach the women like however we can And then what we always encourage every woman that we interact with through Girl Defined to do is to not just 
end with us, but to go find a godly woman in their community, in their local church, ask that woman to be their mentor, and then start meeting with her on a regular basis. Because we truly believe that's where the meat is going to be found in that life on life, a woman walking with another woman through the specifics of her life circumstances and helping her understand and unpack God's word for herself. Mm, Excellent. Excellent. I mean, I've definitely had that experience as well. In fact, I did a podcast where I shared lessons that my homeschool mentor taught me. And I will Mm. provide a link to that in the show notes for this episode. But I am interested in knowing what you think a woman who is listening to us right now, where can she make a, a best first step, I should say, to journeying toward a deeper understanding of what it means to be a woman as God defines it? Yes. Oh, that's such a great question. The first thing that came to mind was, I think the first best step is to figure out what what lies you're believing or what definitions you're taking from culture. And so for any woman listening, I would encourage you to just write down big category words like success, um, purpose, beauty, identity, um, big words like that. And then next to those words, write down truly and honestly what you what your answer would be for each of those words, your definition for each of those words. So what is true beauty? What is success? What is my greatest purpose? Um, all of those things. And as you examine your own heart, and I know this takes work and this takes time and homeschool moms are busy, so it's going to have mm-hmm. to be something you set aside time for. But I think that's a great first step in just examining your own heart and and really going before the Lord and saying, Lord, in each of these areas of my life, you know, marriage could be one of them. Where are my definitions for these things coming from? Is it coming from culture? Is it coming from peers? Or is it truly coming from your word? And then any areas that you really see and God helps you to see, like, I am believing lies, or I don't really understand what God's word says about this, you know, make note of that and then go on a journey of wanting to discover and understand and grow in God's design for those specific things. And so that could be. You start listening to a podcast that really talks about, from a biblical perspective, one of those areas, or you grab a book like Girl Defined or something else that's going to help you grow in that and just having that heart of learning and growing and recognizing, okay, I need to start taking steps to grow in this. It's not going to happen on accident. It's not, you know, we're busy women. We, if we just, if we're passive about it, it's not going to happen. And so we need to take steps to actually grow and learn and understand God's design for ourselves. Mm, wonderful. I, I completely agree. That is an excellent place to start. And I also wanted to kind of hark back to something that you said at the very beginning, you know, well, I'm a model. So now I don't have any insecurity. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> and, and I just wanted to add to that, you know, I'm a psychologist and I was a psychologist when I had my children. And so Mm. does that mean that I had no insecurities about parenting? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Nope. Nope. So, Mm -hmm. and you know, it doesn't really matter what you achieve. There is still insecurity to reckon with. And we have to keep going back to God's word and keep examining the lies that we believe. So, you know, I've been a homeschooling mom for over 20 years, but that doesn't mean that I think I'm incapable of making mistakes (laughs) and Mm -hmm. messing my kids up still. (laughs) 
Yes. I still think I can mess them up. So, um, (laughs) and you know what? I can, I actually can mess them up, but God will clean up those messes that I make just Mm, like he has all these other years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, Well, this has been, this has been really great, Kristen, really, really inspirational. And I know that my listeners are very interested in the two books that you have written, Girl Defined and Not Part of the Plan. Can you tell me both which women those books are targeted to and also where we can find them? Yeah. Okay. So Girl Defined is all about womanhood. The subtitle is God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. And that would be for any woman, single or married, Truly, um, I would say the stories are going to be a little more geared toward women in their 20s, 30s, most relatable. Um, But there is stuff for moms. So young moms are definitely going to connect. And then we've had women of all ages read it and say, you know what? It was a good first step for me on my journey to understanding biblical womanhood. And then our most recent book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. This book we purposely wrote for women of all ages, stages, and seasons, single, married, Um, have kids, don't have kids, homeschooling, something else. It's for every woman. And it's all about what do we do when our life hits a point or a place where we were not expecting, you know, you're dealing with a chronic health issue, your marriage is on the rocks, or maybe you're single and you thought you'd be married. Maybe you wrestle with infertility like me. You know, there's so many things that happen in life where we go, God, what are you doing? This is not a part of my plan. And how do we reckon that? How do we thrive despite things turning out differently than we'd hoped for? How do we trust God? How do we battle our raging emotions or not just give in to worry day after day? How do we really, truly trust God? And so that is what Not Part of the Plan unpacks. All of our resources, we have a devotional, we have a book on love and relationships, on sexuality. All of these resources can be found on our website at girldefined.com. Well, that is easy peasy. So... If you can't remember girldefined.com, don't worry. I will have it for you in the show notes. Kristen, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And I am going to be praying for you as you homeschool these two precious boys. What an exciting journey you are beginning with your family. And I hope that uh, you will... um, Use me as a mentor if you have any questions besides your mom. I know she's, she's got all kinds of wisdom to share with you, but if I can ever be of any help, I would love to do that. And thank you. Thank you so much for inspiring my listeners today. Oh, thanks so much, Melanie. It was a pleasure to chat with you. And yes, I am encouraged by you and women who have forged the path in so many <laughs> ways. So you keep up the great work as well. You're doing an awesome job. Thanks so much. To find links to Kristen's resources, go to homeschoolsanity.com womanhood. Join me next time as my guest and I discuss project-based learning. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.